So for the next part of this conversation, I'd like to talk about what are emotions, right? We talked about fear, but I think it's important to pull the camera back to discuss well, what are emotions anyway, right? Because in this culture, at least in modern cultures, we tend to discount emotion or we think of emotion as secondary to thinking. And so we don't spend a lot of time um, learning about emotion, right? I think we talked about previously, you know, the Tibetan word for meditation means to familiarize. And so we need to familiarize ourselves with how these emotions work inside us and how do they affect action. So let's jump into it. So this definition of emotion comes from Dan Siegel, the uh, legendary UCLA uh, professor who wrote an excellent book called The Developing Mind. It's about this thick, but it really is a comprehensive uh, manual for understanding how does a mind work and, and something uh, I'd recommend to you if you were interested. But what is emotion, right? Emotion is information combined with energy. And what emotion does, the role that emotion plays in human life is that it makes evaluations, right? It, it ascribes value to experience, right? Your emotion tells you how are you valuing this experience? And, and then it's giving you the energy, which is the information, and then it's giving you the energy to take action, right? It's not a coincidence that the word motion is part of emotion, right? So emotion is information plus energy. And I think that it's also important to know that there are not good emotions and bad emotions, right? There aren't like the emotions you want to have and then the emotions you don't want to have. It doesn't unfortunately work that way, right? Because if you, and so we, I think we all know people who try to push away their bad emotions and that's a, a kind of imbalanced way to go through life, right? So it's not the case that we can sequester ourselves from the emotions we don't like because what generally tends to happen is that you sequester yourself from all of your emotional life and you create tremendous imbalances and ultimately, you know, ineffectiveness. And so, uh, so what I find actually a more helpful framework, and it's not perfect either, but I think it's more helpful than sim a simple good emotion, bad emotion, or positive emotion and negative emotion, are thinking about them in terms of the emotions of growth and connection and the emotions of survival and protection. And we know from research is that they, that they operate on two different systems, right? That the emotions of survival and protection are always on. You don't need to flip a switch to turn them on. They're always there. They're like, uh, they're like your, uh, their smoke, your smoke alarm. And uh, my, mine is right up there. That's what I'm pointing to if you're wondering. But, uh, you know, it's always on. And that the emotions of growth and connection aren't all, aren't necessarily always on. They require systematic intentional cultivation. So when I talk about earlier, looking for what's beautiful, looking for what's nourishing to you, right? That's an example of, of practicing, cultivating the emotions of growth and connection. So, so if we think about it this way, then fear comes into, into a clearer view right? That fear is really an emotion that is creating energy to help you do one of three things, to fight, 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 flee, or freeze, right? To defend yourself, 
to escape an attacker or to play dead and hope that the, the predator walks by, right? And it's there to protect you, right? That's what its role is. It's there to protect you. And again, you would not not want to have it. What we want is to be able to be in a kind of balanced relationship with our fear so that our fear isn't distorting our action to do things that we don't want to do, right? And so the interesting thing is that our culture in some ways has outpaced our biology, right? And that our culture is in a way, way more sophisticated than our natural kind of biological legacy system has, um, has, is, is geared toward, right? And so instead of tigers chasing us down Main Street, right, we have far more sophisticated situations that we find ourselves in. And we've got this Stone Age nervous system or star, Stone Age uh, alarm system to deal with it. And that's one of the big issues that I think the contemporary world faces. And then of course, this issue of coronavirus and thinking about how coronavirus has tested us in a way, our capacity to manage ourselves and manage our fears, because it's asking us to go in exactly the opposite direction of what many of our innate responses want to do, right? We want to gather with people, right? We touch your face, don't pick your nose, right? Or um, simply have this practice of feeling uncomfortable wearing this mask, right? And it's asking us to do things that are kind of counter to what we normally want to do. And, and so understanding that we have to become more sophisticated, right? This is one of my um, themes that I, I want to kind of keep beating the drum on in some ways. It's like what this work is doing is helping us become more sophisticated in how we roll out our responses to things. And in the next section, what I want to talk about is how does a nervous system actually work, okay?